0: Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Laura Black, who is a retired attorney and award-winning businesswoman turned author and speaker. Here we can count essentially four careers, and we need to add to this that Laura is also a devoted mother and grandmother and a wife. Most of us will relate to some part of this list or maybe much of it, and we may feel challenged and wonder about who we really are as our roles change in life. It's an important part of our life, and it's so great that Laura Black has written the book Climbing Down the Ladder, A Journey to a Different Kind of Happy, and Laura's here to share some personal insights. Laura Black, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today.
1: Thank you. What a pleasure!
0: And I am so grateful because, as we have this opportunity to connect and talk about a brand new book, "Climbing Down the Ladder: A Journey to a Different Kind of Happy," it's very exciting for me uh, and important, really, to have this conversation because we're talking about we as women who are in our, shall we say, mature years, and what do we do at this point, and wh- what does life mean because because we've been on this kind of fast-track path of accomplishments. Have I got that right?
1: That's right. It's a very challenging time because for us retired baby, baby boomers, and there's 29 million of us, just like we lacked role models on our way up that ladder, we lacked them on the way down. So we put all our energy into our careers. And many of us also have families, raised children. And at the same time that we retire and leave the workforce, our children also have fled the home. We're empty nesters. We lose those concrete goals and markers. And it's an identity crisis of such. It's also a time when our Parents have aged or passed away. We lose friends, and we might experience marginalization. We're no longer in the know, many of us, on technology's latest, greatest, fashion, culture. Like, do I wear pantyhose anymore? And if so, are they supposed to be black or nude? So we feel a little bit out of it.
0: And that's why having these conversations and having someone like yourself write this book, Climbing Down the Ladder, to afford us that opportunity to think about it, to know, like, it's almost like having permission to discuss it, like, I'm not alone facing this. There's there's millions of us.
1: That's exactly right. And I find by sharing our vulnerabilities, especially as women, we like to process And by discussing, it normalizes the situation. And we need that normalization. We need to know that many of us struggle with what's next. Who am I without a business card? You know, what's so ironic is one of the keys that makes us successful in our careers is identifying with our professions. So if we sell real estate, we want everyone to know that's what we do, or we're an accountant, attorney. And when we lose that, it's a huge loss, and it's a redefinition of who am I.
0: And so, of course, just by the nature of of your life, right from a young childhood, you've been really someone who's thought about this and processed it and and grappled with it. So it seems uh, just natural that you would be writing this book and having this conversation.
1: Yes, Um I always grappled with making the most out of life and seeing the preciousness of life. But in a way, and I'm sure you found this also, when we're climbing that ladder, we have blinders on. We're looking towards the goal. And now is a time in our life that we could take those blinders off and look around us, use our peripheral vision to see all that we've missed. Although
0: I'm I can't help but when you say peripheral vision, thinking of us as we do mature in age, things happen with our vision, with our eyes uh, that make that <laughs> that literal per- peripheral vision a bit of a challenge. You
1: know what is so true uh, I was the other day I changed my hair style a little bit and my husband said, "What did you do?" You know your hairline is rec- your hairline is receding, and I ran to the mirror, and my hairline's receding. <laughs> and I said to myself, "Okay, I dealt with cellulite, I done- dealt with sagging, I dealt with dry everything, and now I got a do- receding hairline. There's so many losses. Yet." It's a wonderful time of life because we prioritize and learn what is really important.
0: Yes, uh, yes, precisely that. And I think it's so important to really keep that in focus. Yes, we, we look at what is, you know, kind of the obvious, what we see on the surface, but it's really what you share with us about all you've learned, it's we look at what we've learned and, and that wisdom. I, wisdom's always been such a key word in my life. And I, I feel we need to really make that as, as kind of the focus and at the forefront.
1: Yes, we value wisdom. And our wisdom shows us that from when we start exiting or exit the workforce till, I hate to use the word, the end, that's a sacred space. And how dare we not maximize that space and really enjoy and reap all the benefits of this time of our life. You know, it's a time where we need to tell ourselves, I've done enough. I am enough. I've proved enough. But as women, we're always proving whatever we want to do, we want to be the best. We want to make the best stuffing at Thanksgiving, we want to be the best PPA parent, whatever it is, we're so focused on doing a great job. And this is a time of life that we could say, what I've done, I've done. Now, let me take in, let me reap, let me look what I've sowed around me and really enjoy it and appreciate it and use gratitude.
0: Absolutely. And we need to be reminded of it because I think there is, you know, we've spent decades in that area of really achieving and and becoming all of what you've just described. So now to change that focus, that energy level and kind of more appreciate, um, I guess, really takes a conscious effort.
1: It really does. And it is a process. I can still remember clearly the first morning I woke up without an office to go to, and I had converted my son's bedroom into a home office and bought the file folders and the new desktop and all the things, and I sat down, and I logged on, and... After a few minutes, the internet went out, and I didn't know what to do without a tech department or without an assistant, so I unplugged the router, I plugged it back in, and I said to myself, how am I going to manage? But then what was scarier was, but manage what? What am I managing? What am I looking at? Um, for me, unfortunately, it took a near-death experience For me to stop back, stop and look back and reassess how I was valuing life and what's important. Um, Out of nowhere, I became septic. My colon burst. And I was in the hospital and I never had had health issues. And the doctors told my husband to call the kids in. They didn't think I would make it through the night. And it was a couple of months of recovery. And I looked around, and my kids were there. My friends were there. People would call and flowers. And I said, this is what I've always been searching for. I was loved. And we forget that. We forget all those little things of life that really mean something. All of a sudden, I hate to use a cliche, but the grass was greener. I noticed plants. I noticed music. And my senses were on such high alert. And I was so shocked that all I had just gone so fast and missed, if that makes sense.
0: Absolutely. absolutely. And it's not surprising. I've certainly read or heard about people having near-death experiences and how it is truly life-altering. And you're just really adding your experience to to that list. And so it's really
1: no surprise. Yeah. And you know, it's so um, funny, Kate. It's almost embarrassing to admit. I was sitting on the balcony a little bit after this time, and there was a big bird flying. And I said to myself, I've never really watched a bird fly. I was glad, like we all do, there's a bird. But I never sat and watched. And the longer I watched, I realized that this bird, I don't know what it was called, it was a big bird, wasn't flapping its wings very often. It was soaring with the wind. Only once in a while was it flapping. And I realized that, like so many other women, I was always flapping. I never would just let myself soar and watch birds. And what a shame but yet, now is our time to correct this and really become part of our world and really know this things. When friends talk, really listen to what they're saying, really look behind the scenes of life and
0: it's as though there's been all this learning or just rushing through our life basically. So now you're taking this time. We need to be aware of taking the time to just truly appreciate all the beauty around us. Uh, because with all the challenges in our world, uh, even that is now beginning to feel a little fleeting.
1: No, you're right. You're right. Um, what was very helpful for me, and I hope this helps others, is I looked at life as a wheel. And if you look at sections of a wheel, I divided it into seven sections and realized this career section had really dominated my wheel <laughs> over a lot of that wheel. But there's other sections. There's our relationships whether it's family and friends, our health, our community, spirituality, learning, leisure. And it's not that we have to replace that career section, but if we take all those other wedges and expand them, they fill up that gap. So I had time to meet my son for lunch at his work. I had time to call girlfriends back from college. I had no more excuses not to work out, how to take care of my health. There was no excuses not to volunteer and give to my community and get in touch with that spirituality. And there's so much to learn. It's like a potpourri of subjects that we can delve into and test and see what we're interested in. And we do have time for leisure. So it's really such a wonderful opportunity to expand all these other areas.
0: Absolutely. It's really something then to look forward to, or if we're at that point, to begin to build on that and realize all that there is, because as you've just described, those opportunities that you're making, taking advantage of, how what are they in our own life, and how do we take full advantage of it?
1: You know, exactly right. And if we are still working... To start just as you suggested, identifying those areas now so we have some ideas of where we would like to spend more time or delve into or explore when we are not filled up with work.
0: Right. So early on, or maybe midway in your career, as you were uh, on in on a speaking tour and you were talking to a a, a room of uh, law students women law students and you were asked the question about can we have it all and that used to be such a big question i I'm not sure I hear it so often now, but maybe I'm of the wrong generation to to hear <laughs> that. I, I, maybe they still talk of it or not but I you had a very interesting response and I, I wonder if you still feel the same about that now.
1: You know I think we can have it all. We just can't do it all perfectly hmm. And that's hard for us because we like doing everything perfectly. We don't like to go to bed without doing the dishes. And we like to make the hand Halloween costume for the kids or the homemade brownies. So we need to prioritize and say, what's really going to matter a week from now, a month from now? Going to bed with the dishes in the sink is really not going to matter. I worked as an attorney. Not filing a motion on time will matter. So it is prioritizing And again, we can do that, but we have to learn how to delegate and, you know, realize, for me, my kids always came first. There was no question that they came first. They're everything and still are everything to me. However, I also really, truly believe the biggest gift we can give our children is a happy mom. And whatever that takes, you know, everyone's different. I was not good at staying home. That wasn't my personality. I needed to be out in the workplace and be challenged. But in doing so, I set an example for my kids that life is good. I, I'm happy. They could look forward to a happy aging process. And I, that's such an important message is to be authentic and honest with ourselves of what really does matter and not fake it because the kids will see through that and we will not be living an authentic life if we don't do what makes us happy and what we need to do.
0: And now those your kids, your three kids who you loved and nurtured and and demonstrated the way you lived your life now have their own children and, and that same kind of really supportive loving path tradition continues.
1: Yes, now my eldest son and his wife have three children, so I have three grandchildren, um with those kids. The other two so far, do not have children. Um, my youngest one sent me a picture. It was her dog's birthday today. <laughs> so I'm wondering, you know, if that's a grand dog. That, um, and she's climbing her ladder and my son. So I think today a lot of uh, people, as you mentioned, the world, we live in question. Um, what do they want? And, again, that's such a personal decision. That it but is. I am blessed with three grandchildren. I have twin boys who are twelve, with a granddaughter who's fifteen. So, I'm very, very blessed.
0: That is so wonderful, and and I, I'm going to have a little aside from that, in you know, really focusing in on on creating that loving family and modeling that in your life that you. You had this very successful, fulfilling career, and you definitely had time for your family. And I I just think of it in terms of some of the challenges in our world, the crises with youth and with families and not having that. And just, you know, consider that as we look at our life. And if we're having children, you know how we want to raise them. And it might mean doing something differently than how we were raised.
1: It might, and you know, I was very fortunate. I had started my career practicing law, and then I moved into legal services business. Not everyone gets to choose what kind of job they want. Oh, you know, it's a tough world, and money. You know, as you know, how expensive things are now, a lot of women are pushed out there, and. Have to take the best job or what's paying the best and don't have that luxury of doing what they love. But they can still model for their kids how important family is and how important they are. And nothing else, I think, is as important as our family and our children.
0: Yes, so fundamental. Now, there's another key part of of families, and of course, the things that are said are done, not said and not done. Not having that love and and comfort and hugging is uh, really creates some scars in our life, A- along with words that are said. and And you early on in the book mentioned how. Um, the, the term half as beautiful as your mom and how that really impacted and affected yourself?
1: Yeah, you know, I was raised in the days that um, it was the Brains' Beauty War, if you remember those. <laughs> we yes. were put into teams. Either we were on the brain team or the beauty team. Um, I think it's tough today because women have both, but... In those days, it was, it was teens and my mother was a beautiful woman who met my father when she was 14 years old. And she, I think looking back, and it took me a long time to come to terms, she only wanted the best for me. And in her world, her beauty allowed her to find my father. My father turned out turned into a very successful businessman, and he fell in love with my mother's beauty and energy. And again, he wanted that for me. He wanted a man who would love me, and was afraid if I didn't put more effort into the beauty side, I would never find that man. And that was how, that was their um, generation. That was how things were for them. You know, that was the days when you went to college. If you're a woman for an MRS, things have changed. Um, I've come to terms with, um, at the time, I was very heavy. I had a poor relationship with food. Um, Now, as we get older, we realize how silly some of the pressures are that we put on ourselves. And... For me, when I became successful in business, that need to feed myself went away and I was able to maintain a you know healthy lifestyle. But it was understanding that the motives were pure. It just was not what really matters.
0: And when we think back to our parents' generation uh, for that era, it, it was a different time. They did not look at analyzing things. You know, things were pretty, you know, much set as uh, in boxes of one, two, three. At least I, I certainly found that with my uh, growing up. Whereas we have a tendency, not just a tendency, we look at things and analyze and learn and wonder. And, and you know, and I look back and I think I understand my mother now. Uh, she's no longer with us, but uh, I under, I begin to understand more of what her life was and why she was the way she was and, and, and come to, to peaceful places with that.
1: That's right. I, look, there's always exceptions. But for the most part, we do the best we can. Yes, yes. That doesn't mean we're not going to make mistakes. That doesn't mean my kids or grandchildren one day are going to sit with their therapists and delineate everything I did <laughs> wrong. <laughs> but I think we, as we get older, as you just said, and we look at our own lives and our parents' motives, we realize they did the best they could giving what they knew at the time. And I think we have to judge people in the time, you know, like you just alluded to what was, you know, they didn't take psychology classes. (laughs) (laughs) They were working. They were trying to put food off the table and this is what they knew. Um, We know more, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, we won't be around for our grandchildren what is their priority? How things change. Yes.
0: And so, as, as you've lived this life and had so many really wonderful experiences and adventures, and as you moved into a new stage, then you find that you are an author and you have this wonderful book, Climbing Down the Ladder.
1: Yes, Um um, again, when we talked about that wheel, in the areas of our lives, learning was one of them. And I, for fun, took some writing workshops. And I really enjoyed getting those feelings out of my head and onto the paper and started publishing lots of essays. I wrote a first book in 2012 that is called Big Butts fat size and other secrets to success. And that book was encouraging women to bring in business and to succeed in the workplace by being authentic and connecting with other women and men to bring in business. Um, and then when I was struggling with my own retirement, I wrote Climbing Down the Ladder, which was recently published and is available on amazon and bar and noble and all the websites uh, and it, it's very fulfilling uh, and i recommend anyone who has any inclination to just write your thoughts it really is a wonderful way to process
0: so uh, what we learned from this for ourselves is with the learning, what is it that's been something that has really attracted us or we've thought about but never had time for? And I think of one of my cousins. I, I'm amazed at what an artist she's become. But she's then taken that time to put some the time into it so we can explore and really have some marvelous adventures and, and really become, a, to that beautiful word that you use, our authentic self.
1: Yes, yes. This is the time. It's like going to the mall and going into all the stores and looking through the racks. <laughs> we get to look through the racks of life. We could explore theater, music, bird watching, stamp collecting. I mean, there's no end to the areas that we've only, again, had those blinders on and never were able to have the time to... Step into it and say, is this interesting to me? And if it is, let me take the next step and let me try it. And I really, really urge us to try. We don't know until we try, you know, what really will take. I never thought I'd be a writer. You know, never. I was, you know, always more or less making business deals. But if I hadn't tried that workshop, I wouldn't have known. And like you said, your cousin with the art. Um, I know friends who do do painting or have gotten involved in yoga, and they're going on retreats and meditation and travel and learning foreign languages. And as we grow in different ways, we expand and we wake up in the morning. And that's the key. We want to wake up the morning looking forward to our day for more days than not.
0: Exactly. And that's where, you know, as we have this huge generation of baby boomers in this phase of life, that's why climbing down the ladder, your reflections and experiences really are a, a wonderful way for us to then read your story and think about ourselves and, and how all of that relates for us.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, and that's the best place that makes me feel the best is when readers write me and say, how did you know what I was thinking? (laughs) Were you in my head? (laughs) And I think we're more alike and we're different. We really are. And we want to matter. We want to have purpose. We want to make the most of our lives. And as we talked about earlier, By sharing with one another, and the book also has questions for book clubs. We learn from each other. We learn from your cousin who paints or, you know, my friend who does the yoga retreat. And it's important conversations.
0: Absolutely. So, yes, really great for book groups. And maybe that's an area that uh, comes to us that we decide we have the time now to do more reading and we get involved with a a group of women and have our glass of wine and and share stories. I'm
1: so glad you added the glass of wine into that. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) You know, what's better than wine and wisdom? Yes, see the WWs. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And um now that we most of us are comfortable being in person or there's virtual opportunities, there's no excuse not to get together and talk about real issues. I think we all, especially at this age, are tired of the superficial and we want to delve into the real.
0: Absolutely. So the book, as you mentioned, Laura Black, is available in all of our favorite book sources. You're available on social media, and you have a website.
1: I have a website. It's www.laurablack.net, and um, the book is "Climbing Down the Ladder: A Journey to a Different Kind of Happy," and it's available Audible, Kindle, hardback, softback. So. Whatever our favorite way is to read, we can do it.
0: See, all these choices, just like yes. the choices that roll out in front of us as well.
1: That's right. right. That's right. Well, Laura
0: Black, it's just been a delight to have this conversation with you and really get us thinking in a very proactive way about our days and the years ahead.
1: Kate, hey, thank you. I've so enjoyed speaking with you. It's really been a pleasure.
0: Many thanks, Laura. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Laura Black and Sunday Morning Magazine with Dr. Holly Geyer. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 106.9 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of having open and honest conversation about the challenges we may be experiencing listening to each other.